After his baptism and his time in the wilderness, Jesus was ready to begin his ministry. Now here's what's interesting. Jesus didn't need backup. As you'll notice from today's story, Jesus could handle himself just fine. And yet, the first thing he did was invite other people to come along for the journey. Now, there is a lot we can learn from Jesus calling his disciples, but at a very basic level, I think it's important to remember that it's not like he needed us. It's more like he chose us. It's always been that way. It reminds me of God placing Adam and Eve in the garden and telling them to take care of it. But he just created the whole thing. I'm sure he could manage to keep it in order on his own. But from the beginning, God has been inviting us to participate. And today's story is a classic example. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. The Sea of Galilee was all Simon had ever really known. Day after day, night after night, catch after catch, fishing was hard work. And when there were fish to be caught, it was great. Plenty to provide for his family, but only when there were fish to be caught. During the dry spells, like the one him and his brother Andrew currently found themselves in, there was only despair. Despair that got heavier and heavier with each empty net. His brother Andrew cursed loudly as the final net came up empty. Andrew was the stable one in the family, the one who always knew how to calm Simon down when things got too tense. So whenever Andrew was feeling irritated, Simon knew they were in trouble. A silent nod from Simon was enough to communicate what they were both thinking. Enough was enough. It was time to give up for the day, so they made for the shore, not looking forward to the walk of shame that awaited them, knowing that they'd have to walk into their homes empty-handed. These were the moments where Simon started to second-guess himself. Anger, not at the fish, not at his life, but at himself. That anger was so all-consuming that Simon didn't even notice the man who stood at the beach watching them, at least not until his brother Andrew pointed him out. Simon just rolled his eyes. The last thing he was in the mood for was for some know-it-all to lecture him about the craft he'd spent decades working on. It wasn't until they got closer to the shore that they realized who it was. Jesus of Nazareth, the man who had apparently stood down the devil himself in the wilderness, or at least those were the rumors. A rabbi, he thought to himself, what could he possibly want with us? Nothing could prepare him for the words he heard next. Follow me, Jesus said when they got within earshot. What? Come on. Follow me, Jesus said again, and I will send you out to fish for people. Simon watched as his brother's eyes widened. Follow me? Us? Is he talking to the right guys? For Simon, he just felt suspicion, doubt, and even a hint of fear running through his body, but that doubt quickly gave way to excitement. 
they had just received an invitation of a lifetime. And so, with one final nod to each other, they dropped their nets and followed him. Now there was another boat reaching the shore a few paces ahead. Another pair of brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. The only other pair on the sea who could hold a candle to the skill set of Simon and Andrew. And yet, from the look on their faces, they had come up empty-handed today as well. The rabbi gave them the same invitation, and it was met with the same response. Just like that, one had become five. And Simon had a new name, Peter. So Jesus, Peter, Andrew, James, and John headed for Capernaum, a small fishing village on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Familiar territory for Peter. He grew up in Bethsaida, but now lived in Capernaum with his wife. And they offered up their home as a home base, a place to stay as they began their ministry. When the Sabbath came around, Peter and the rest of the guys followed Jesus to the synagogue. Jesus stood up and began to teach. But it was unlike anything Peter had ever heard. It wasn't long, drawn out, or repetitive like so much of the teaching he was raised on. Jesus taught with authority. He taught in a way that made people listen. Just then, the doors of the synagogue flew open and a man barged in with an agenda. He shouted and pushed over tables, a distraction too severe to ignore. Peter could tell the man was clearly possessed by a demon and was immediately on his feet, positioning himself between the man and the rabbi. Encounters with demoniacs were common in those days and they rarely ended well for anyone. And yet, as Peter readied himself for the physical altercation he assumed was coming, he quickly realized this one was going to end different. The man had slowed his pace to a walk. He was no longer shouting, no longer causing chaos. He wasn't mocking the sermon. He wasn't laughing at Jesus. Instead, he was trembling, falling at the rabbi's feet. He cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet said Jesus sternly, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out. Peter watched the looks people were giving each other in the crowd. He had never seen anything like it, and by the looks of it, neither had anybody else. If they were with Jesus at the start of the sermon, they were now ready to double down on whatever this man had to say. They had never seen anyone speak to a spirit with that type of authority. No battle, no great cosmic fight, just a first round knockout. So remember how I said it's really only the demons who know who Jesus is in Mark's gospel? Yeah, keep paying attention to that detail. This is only the first example. But let's pause for a moment and imagine being Peter, Andrew, James, or John. It's already been the strangest week of your life. You've made the fairly rash decision to drop everything and devote your life to following this Jewish rabbi. And then this moment happens. The first time you step into a synagogue to hear him teach, he preaches in a whole new way and then casts a demon out of a man. I'd imagine after the initial shock of saying yes to Jesus wore off, they probably had several moments where they wondered what they were doing. 
and why they had said yes to dropping their entire career to follow this guy. But I bet that day in the synagogue was special for them. A memory I picture them always holding on to the moment they realized they made the right decision. See, lots of people claim to be God. It still happens to this day. The problem is nobody backs it up, but Jesus did over and over again. As you'll discover as we go, wherever Jesus went, heaven came with. Eyes were open, sickness healed, relationships restored, demons cast out. Jesus didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. And on that fateful day in a synagogue in Capernaum, I picture Peter and the boys smiling, realizing that they made the right decision, that they're about to be a part of a movement that will transform the world. Now, as you can imagine, news about Jesus spread rather quickly over the whole region of Galilee, so much so that Jesus had a crowd of people around him everywhere he went, which, if you're starting a movement to change the world, you'd think would be a great thing. But Jesus' response to the crowd may surprise you, and we'll talk all about that in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's Gospel to life for you, and that this episode helps you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate coming along with the pride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.